Did you know that MyBookie.com has more than just sports gambling? Oh, yeah. They've got an online casino that is amazingly fun to play and can be quite profitable. Want to sharpen some skills for a trip to Vegas or maybe another casino? You want to practice card counting, bet variants, or some exotic strategy you saw on TikTok? MyBookie.com. And of course, there's always the sports. Not just football, which we're all salivating about, but baseball, golf, tennis, boxing, MMA, and a bunch of stuff that you'll say, wait, I can bet something on that? Yes, you can. Get an account at MyBookie.com. Enter promo code ZABE so they know that I sent you. And splash around and have some fun in life, especially after you get that reimbursement check from your sales meeting in Grand Forks, South Dakota. MyBookie.com, the one, the only, the official sports book of the ZABEcast. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Okay, is this on? Check, 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 check. All right, it's Wednesday, July 19th, and I think we should see if Kevin Sheehan is around. My friend Kevin Sheehan. It of is the me. Ke- <laughs> Kevin Sheehan podcast. Did you not like my barrage of oh my random God, like, topics? Are they I mean, too random for you? I mean, they're they're... You know, they're very random, and for you, they're way off your normal uh, rundown. Okay. I mean, well, got, then maybe. You well, NBA, then maybe. You got baseball in there. I mean, I thought yeah. we were going to talk some British Open. We can do that as well. Are <laughs> we you ready? You want. I'm ready. Well, let's fucking do it then. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for Kevin Sheehan of the Kevin Sheehan Podcast and Team 980 in Washington, D.C., my longtime colleague at the station that once carried the Redskins, they're going to be seeing a new owner here. It's going to happen. It's been approved. The skids have been greased. That old Daniel M. Snyder, he won't have him to kick around anymore like old Tricky Dick Nixon once said, huh? Going to miss him? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Like the, like the flu. Um, like COVID. Uh, the... I mean, doesn't it feel a little bit anticlimactic to you? Doesn't yes. it feel like we've had like two closings already? Yes, to it's this thing? too too um, anticlimactic. It's taken too long. It's exhausting. It, it's exhausting. I also think, and I don't know about you, but I feel like 
this particular owner doesn't bring a lot of sizzle. Yeah, but it didn't matter who the new owner was going to be. I think I actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. After what we just went through? Right. Don't you think the the owner is all that matters in the NFL? Um, I think that the only thing that matters for us is that it's not Dan Snyder. Because I think in the okay. history of the sport, we just lived through a quarter of a century of the worst NFL ownership, probably in the history of the league. Um, okay. So, so can't, I we, get it. I get it. The yeah. bad man is gone. We're all happy about that. However, right. uh, teams change hands in the NFL on average like once every 30 years at most. I'm 55. You're a bit older than me. How old are you? Yeah, just a couple of years older. All right. Do you plan on living to 90? No, but you know, until before November, when he you know announced that he was retaining Bank of America to explore a sale, it was not only likely; it seemed an absolute that we were going to live the rest of our lives with a Snyder being an owner. Oh. So I don't know how much longer you and I have. Okay, so my point was, is, my point is only this: if yeah. this guy Josh Harris ain't the guy, well, that's it. If you're a fan of the Washington football team, that's it. You're done. So you say it doesn't matter who the new owner is. On the one hand, I get your point. At least Snyder's gone. On the other hand, I hope Harris is good. And I think there's a lack of sizzle because I think Bezos would have been fascinating. He might have been worse, but he would have been the sizzle new owner. This guy, he's got his fingers in a bunch of things in Philly. You said you talked to Howard Eskin, the king up there in Philadelphia, WIP, who didn't have a lot of great things to say about Harris. No, wasn't a big fan. Wasn't a big fan, but said he was a decent operator, but always looking to turn a profit. Zabe, I want an owner once and for all that when he steps to the podium to accept the Lombardi trophy, it's the first time we've seen that person since training camp. You know, I don't need Jeff Bezos. I need an owner whose mission statement is to win the Super Bowl, not to, you know, create a brand that, you know, somehow allows you to go into food and fashion and pop culture and music. That's what the dude, Will Misselbrook, who was the team's chief marketing officer, who was very influential in picking the commander's name in the new uniforms. That's what he said about the name. I want the brand of the organization to be winning Super Bowls. And I want the owner to hire a football person and get the hell out of the way. And let's be a normal organization for the first time in 25 years. A normal functioning organization is a big step up because we've been institutionalized, as Red told Andy Dufresne and everybody in charge. Sure, sure. I I understand that. We're going to have to get used to the outside. Right, and not not become a recidivist, not quickly fall into old bad habits because now you're out there on your own, you've got free will. So what do you want Harris to do? Do you want him to come in and clean house, flip the buffet table, take a blowtorch to the underbrush and start all over again? Or do you want him to maybe take a little while to figure out what's what, who's who, and where's where? Well, I'll tell you what. My guess is, is that the buffet table isn't like a high-end buffet 
table. Um, it's a folding table. What's being served right now? Yeah, but with a couple buckets think, of chicken, some beans. Yeah, I think he's got to. I think he's got to go through it and taste everything a little bit because I think the thing that Dan did right was be super impulsive, and you know that was. Um, that was a tell on on what he would be as as an owner. He started cleaning house before he knew any anything. I think based on what I've heard about Josh Harris and Mitchell Rails, they're going to take their time. First of all, the the calendar is not conducive to massive change. We're getting ready to go to training camp. There's a season to be had, as you like to say. Um, and you know, even the business side is focused on selling on generating revenue. Um, but Yeah, it's too late. It's too late this cycle yeah. with him taking over. And yeah, if you so. were if you were to go cleaning the house and holding pressers saying we're changing the name again or doing this or doing that, then it would disrupt the men in pads and helmets who are trying to do their best to have a season. And you never know what kind of season you could have. And if the commanders can scratch out a greasy 9 and 8 campaign, with some moments, some hope, flashes of Sam Howell looking like QB one along the way, and who knows, nine maybe a l- eight, yeah. yeah. What did I say? Nine and seven. I think you did. Okay, but nine and eight. Yeah, the new math. Yeah. If they can go nine and eight, and and it's got all those elements, and who knows, maybe a lucky wild card falls in your lap. You know what you just had? You had a goddamn season. You had some fun. <laughs> like you, you could say, uh, if it's not the Lombardi, if it's not a parade, that's, you know, our goal is to, you know, well, you ain't there yet. You're in the dregs. You're with the Jets and the Browns and everyone else at the bottom of the pile. So take what you can take. You know, every fall, sometime in September, maybe early October, as long as they weren't 0-5, but let's just say they got their, their third win and they were 3-3. Three and three. Zape's favorite line walking into the bullpen was, <laughs> let's go have ourselves a season. I think I said and, that before and, the season started. I think that was an August, I think that was an yeah. August rallying cry after, sure. the, after the funhouse mirrors that is a training camp showed us a bunch of things that weren't real, holograms and ghosts and images that are completely distorted. Hell, I was a John Beck believer after the preseason run because he looked fucking good. I'm like, this kid can play, man. Shanny was right to stand on the table in Houston for him. And then we saw him play under live fire, and he fucking sucked. He he curled up like Corporal Upham at the end of Saving Private Ryan, took a billion sacks, set the record for sacks, for the franchise John, in Toronto John, against the John Bills. Beck, I always compared him to the guy that just absolutely killed layup lines. You know, he's going up, he's reverse laying, he's, he's going up, he's hanging on the rim and, and, and throwing it off the glass. And then they, they tell him to check into the game as like the seventh, you know, the, the second guy off the bench. And he literally wets himself in the game. <laughs> right, that exactly. was Beck. Beck looked phenomenal in practice sure did Looks great you know in, in warm-ups before the game but could not play but and, um, and if i'm not mistaken he also was famous for having sort of broken in to the locked facility and the fields to work out at the end of the lockout remember the brief lockout wasn't that yeah. one of the legends of john beck they're like this guy's so determined he he jumped the fence to go throw some routes to the guys you know, I had him on the show. Um, I had him on the show maybe like three, four months ago because he is a quarterback. He, he trains quarterbacks 
for one of those, you know, quarterback guru academies. Yeah. I forget which one. Anyway, I, I said, and by the way, he, by the way, he might be really good at it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying just cause he couldn't do it at the highest level doesn't mean he can't necessarily teach. I believe Sean Salisbury does this as oh, yeah. well and has had Sometimes some success with that. Very average players make the best coaches and yeah. best, you know, trainers for sure. Yeah. So anyway, but back say, to back. Yeah. Do you remember the game though? where he checked it down to Roy Hallou 14 times, and he threw 14 completions to Roy Hallou in one game. So I asked him, I said, you know, you helped somebody set a franchise record. Do you know what it was? And he said he thought it was some negative thing about interceptions. I said, no, you threw four. Roy Hallou holds the franchise record. (laughs) For receptions in a game with fourteen, he goes and I said, "You checked it down to him fourteen times in one game," and he just started laughing. He goes, "I remember that game because I got sacked ten times in that game, which was true." So wait a minute, um, the game in Toronto where he set the sack that record—that was, that, that was the that was the sack record. I'm sorry, the Buffalo game was the sack record. Yes. Okay, but then later on, he set the record for completions. Roy Hulu- 14 receptions in one game is a franchise record. Yeah. Back through them, through all of them to him. So in other words, he has two, you don't really want them, franchise records. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess the 14 <laughs> check down. 14 receptions for like 27 yards. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, which is why, you know, and, and these are the subtle things about quarterbacks that make or break you. And even though it looks like you're playing the position the best of your ability, a lot of people, a lot of fans, and we fall into this trap, we go, oh, he has no weapons. Or, oh, his offensive line is terrible. Yeah, that's true sometimes. But at the end of the day, you have to adjust as a quarterback. And so you can't always just blame it on you know stuff that's out of your control. Like The biggest, to me, curiosity this year is going to be, does Justin Fields make a jump at this point to become a real passer? Because they're starting to take away some of the excuses. They're drafting O-linemen. They're bringing in wide receivers. At some point, he's going to have to be a passer. Hell of a runner. But he's not a passer. Not even close. Well, I think it's interesting because I've made the comparison on my show to where Jalen Hurts was a year ago. That you know, Think about Jalen Hurts a year ago, the conversation, and Jalen Hurts now. Right. Jalen Hurts was not a given to be the Philadelphia quarterback in 2023. Last year was the let's see year because he had a good 2021 but more as a runner than a passer and they did get to a playoff game and they got blown out you know in Tampa um and there are I think stylistically some similarities between Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts now I think Jalen Hurts if you talk to the Philadelphia people is like he he's he's so beloved in that locker room and yeah. so respected by teammates and coaches and work ethic. And I don't know enough about Justin Fields, but I think he's one hell of a runner. And I think he's got a good arm. I would not be surprised if he takes a jump this year. He's got a strong kind of arm. A he's got a strong arm, but it's got to yeah. be more accurate. And being a good passer means a lot of the right, making the right reads, right checks, right adjustments, even before the ball is snapped. And that's that's a process. It's very hard to uh, to to do at the pro level, as we know. But he really had nothing last year. I know, I yeah. know. Well, we'll we'll see about this year. And by the way, I would, if I'm Philly, keep the receipt on Hertz just in case. Like, he's good and super well-respected, but I've seen statistical comparisons that 
pretty much comp him directly to Tyrod Taylor. And I'm like, yeah, that's not great right there. But then again, you use stats and sometimes, like, apparently Justin uh, or Josh Allen was trending just like Justin Fields until he made the jump. So right. there's that. Uh, speaking of I quarterbacks. Just don't think, yeah. I just don't think Tyrod Taylor would have ever had the game that Jalen Hurts had in the Super Bowl. No. I, I, I think that that, for me, because I kind of – I was I was a Jalen Hurts fan and I and I actually loved Philadelphia going into last year it was one of the few things I got right uh, last year. Oh, humble um, brag. But but what you just said, there are moments when you you're watching and you're like, it's a good thing out there. It's a good thing he's got Devontae Smith out there. It's a good thing he had Miles Sanders out there, etc. You know, the best offensive line of football. And yet, the game he played in the Super Bowl, he was better than Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, let's talk quarterback, the uh, Netflix series. What are your thoughts? No, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You, you've you watched the whole thing? Mm-mm. i got a plane flight today, and I'm going to watch uh, at least two or three episodes. Oh, so you haven't watched No, watched because, it. see, like, whenever these big things come out, I don't want to get into it and then leave it and then have to come back. Okay. Like, I want to eat the meal in as close to yeah. one sitting as possible. It's only eight hours, so, you know. Well, it's not even eight hours. It's, you know, it's eight episodes and the average, you know, length is like probably 48, 50 minutes, something like that. So what was your big takeaway from it? So, um, you know, NFL films has given us so much access over the years, but I think this took it to another level um, for starters. Secondly, it moved so quickly. Everything about it was, you'll get into the, the way it was produced, the way they put it together. I thought it was well done. Kirk Cousins was the star of this. Now, I'm biased because I'm a big Cousins fan. Well, we're both. I've always been a big Cousins fan. Yes. And I, I, I think that people that don't like Cousins because he's a very polarizing quarterback, and it's it's interesting how polarizing he is considering that he's not, you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's been the contracts over the years that have made him sort of the polarizing quarterback that he is. And he was in D.C., is in Minnesota. But his detractors, the people that don't like him, I think are going to, at the very least, respect what a badass, tough SOB he is as a quarterback. He was playing last year hurt the entire season. We didn't even know it. Um, and he was outstanding. And he's no, – look, they're, they're, they're into God. He and his wife and family, you know, that's the, his thing. But it's not, you know, it's not an in-your-face thing. And he's dorky, but he's likable. Sure. Mahomes as a competitor, wow. Um, and some of the interaction that oh, he had. The with, clip where he was arguing with Andy Reid about not coming out of the game was awesome. Yes. Um, Is that new I, audio or did that shake free and I just missed it? After the playoffs. No idea. It's the first time I had seen it. Well, first time for me as well. So they were sitting on some gold there. Sitting on it. Um, Another takeaway, Mahomes' wife is a bit much. Um, You think? A takeaway for uh, Skins fans is that Eric Biennemi is almost absent from this series until the finale. And what you realize, and you know, the caveat is this is highly edited, understood. 
Um, you don't see everything that was left on the cutting table. And maybe all of the air, the enemy brilliance is on the cutting table. But what was really clear to, I think, any football fan that's objective is that Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator. And I think that's where this was headed, even if the enemy stayed. Look, I have no idea if the enemy is going to be a good offensive coordinator or not. I'm rooting for him because every single team in the league basically said no except for one. Right. Washington was the only team interested in hiring him as an offensive coordinator. Forget about all the people that turned him down as a head coach. And who knows what would have happened had Ron Rivera not taken him um, because he, he and Andy Reid are very close. I wonder if he would even be back with the Chiefs right now. I think he would because I don't think Andy Reid would have let him go unemployed. But Matt Nagy was the guy that was the go-to guy for Mahomes and the offense and Andy Reid. Yeah. Um, it was a great, great – it flew by, Zabe. Yeah, I, I, really I like I, – I admire Kirk because he is an incredible overachiever who has outkicked his talent through dedication, focus, and just, you know, grit, basically, and endured all kinds of bullshit along the way, bet on himself with the franchise tags in D.C., and he's done quite well for himself. I know he's not the greatest quarterback, but I don't I don't get why he gets so much scorn and somebody like Matt Ryan, who's a decent comp overall, just sort of floats along. Like nobody gives a shit about going, that Matt Ryan sucks. He'll never you'll never win anything with Matt Ryan, but boy, they want to kill Kirk for it. It's the darnest well, thing. Matt, Matt Ryan had a twenty eight to three lead in the Super Bowl. So um I, I think in, in one in MVP. So I okay, so he won an MVP. All right. Yeah. I think if Kirk had that kind of year that Matt Ryan had with, by the way, you know, Kyle Shanahan is the offensive coordinator. And by the way, I think if Kirk had gone to San Francisco, I think if Washington had taken that deal that San Francisco offered before, before 2017 and he had played for Kyle these last several years, I think we'd probably think of him as at least Matt Ryan, if not more. Um but yeah, I, I best think year for Matt Ryan, his MVP year. I yeah. think it's with the plus next to it, right? He would be thirty-one years old. The twenty sixteen season, they went eleven and five. He was a sixty-nine percent passer. He had thirty-eight touchdowns over just seven ints. Right, One and MVP, and almost right. almost almost. Almost 5,000 yards. That was his best statistical he had a couple season. seasons, I think, that were nearly 5,000 yards. So, I don't right. have the thing in front so, of me. But. All right. So, 70, 5,000, 38 over 7. All right. Just keep those in your head. Let's go look at Kirk here. All right. Yeah. 70, 30 over 10, and 4,300 yards. Yeah. I mean, it's ballpark. The two of them. I know, but but Zabe, quarterbacks, we know this, even though it's the most dependent position in the, in the game, are, are judged on winning. And Matt Ryan, what's his playoff record? I mean, he got I to know. a Super Bowl. He was Cousins, in the playoffs several yeah. times. Cousins in one, four, five playoff games. In 2021, Cousins was 66%, 33 yeah. over seven. 33 over seven with 4,200 yards. I mean, just not a scrub, but yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, 
Did you know that MyBookie.com has more than just sports gambling? Oh, yeah. They've got an online casino that is amazingly fun to play and can be quite profitable. Want to sharpen some skills for a trip to Vegas or maybe another casino? You want to practice card counting, bet variants, or some exotic strategy you saw on TikTok? MyBookie.com. And of course, there's always the sports. Not just football, which we're all salivating about, but baseball, golf, tennis, boxing, MMA, and a bunch of stuff that you'll say, wait, I can bet something on that? Yes, you can. Get an account at MyBookie.com. Enter promo code ZABE so they know that I sent you. And splash around and have some fun in life, especially after you get that reimbursement check from your sales meeting in Grand Fork, South Dakota. MyBookie.com, the one, the only, the official sports book of the ZABEcast. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Uh, let Let me pivot back to something regarding the ownership with the commanders and you said, I want an owner whose brand commitment is to winning. I just saw here on Twitter, the Jacksonville Jaguars have unveiled their latest, their newest training facility, a $120 million, 125,000 square foot, two story complex. That looks amazing. And all I can think about is, 
Oh, well, the commanders have a bubble. Yay. <laughs> yeah, See, that's so. that's an owner, Shad Khan, that yeah. you want to have out of your new guy. And that's the kind of shit that held the Redskins back and the commanders back under Snyder is he was he didn't give a shit about spending money on the team other than buying players and then just wanted to get a bigger yacht the whole time. I know. Look, I if if Washington doesn't end up with, you know, a top third of the league owner or top half of the league owner, again, we're not going to be the most dysfunctional franchise in sports. The NFL, we both know, is designed for even average franchises to have many runs. I know. I know. They and rigged they rigged the draft. Hasn't had one of them I know. in twenty five years. They rigged the draft to give you the best picks if you suck, and they have a right. hard salary cap. That forces teams into very difficult decisions. I get it, I get it, I get it. But this team, this franchise, they have a facilities problem on two (laughs) fronts. The stadium is an urgent one, and their practice facility, their headquarters, is far behind almost everybody in the league save for Cincinnati. Okay, turn the page. I want to talk about running backs because yesterday, boy, running backs around the league were having a moment given the fact that three prominent names did not get deals they liked and instead are going to play on the franchise tag. That would be Tony Pollard in Dallas, Saquon Barkley in New York, and Josh Jacobs in Vegas. These guys are bitching up a storm saying, you know, we're not valued anymore and something's got to change. This isn't right. This isn't fair. A, why has running back been devalued? And B, do these guys have a point? Are owners being penny-wise and pound-foolish? I'll hang up and listen to your answer off the air. So why have running backs been essentially devalued? Well, I mean, it's become much more of a passing league for starters, right? That's, that's, That's an easy part of the answer is that teams throw the football a lot more. Um, I would add to that the quarterbacks over the last decade have become much more involved in the run game. You know, starting in 2012 with you know RG3 and Russell Wilson and and you know and incorporating dual threat quarterbacks into the game. Um, it's clearly evolved into uh, a position by committee for some reason. You know that the wear and tear for the 20 plus you know, carry a game guys is too much. So teams look for two of them. Uh, Let me, I I think that we get caught up sometimes and that this is a very new development, but I want to give my guy, Mike Shanahan, a lot of credit for this because he was the first one after Terrell Davis retired to say, yeah, I can take Olandis Gary. I can take Tatum Bell. I can take almost anybody and put him into my zone run scheme, and we'll be fine. I, I don't have to use a first or second round pick. I can I can find Alfred Morris in the sixth round. You know, he did it in Washington. So I think there are a lot of reasons why the position's been de- devalued. With that said, though, I don't. I understand that the prime of running backs of the running back career is from rookie until fifth year it's the one position you don't have to develop into physically or mentally it's the least mentally challenging position in the league you know all of our former you know player friends have told us that over the years and you're ready to play that position the moment you come into the league and you've got a short shelf life and so it times up with the rookie deal 
And so they can go rookie deal, you know, wear you out and then go year to year until you bring in somebody else. So I understand that part. What I think is really overrated is that the running back position doesn't impact the games. It does. Christian McCaffrey impacted everything San Francisco did last year. Right. Like I asked Tommy this today on the on, on my podcast. Imagine Saquon Barkley not with the Giants this year. Like what if you were to hold out Le'Veon Bell style? My personal view is they would suck. Like he, he, I think he touched the ball on 44% of their offensive snaps last year. Right. He was so impactful to the final results of their season, which was, by the way, a nine win season and, and they won a playoff game. But I, I think I understand why they, you know, get these rookie deals. They get, they, they use them up and then they spit them out. But I, I think those that think the running back position isn't influential, I think that's an exaggeration. All right. Well, LaDainian Tomlinson, in 2006, when the league was very much a passing league, because that's the meat of the period from around then, or 08, 09 to 10, 11, 12, when guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were setting passing records, he had 28 rushing touchdowns and 1,800 yards. Yeah. So, I mean, it was still a passing league back then, but the Chargers are like, shit, this guy scores touchdowns. And yeah, I know you say, well, he's a Hall of Famer and he's a generational talent. He's a generational talent. Okay, but there's so many many running backs being produced now. There should be another comp to LaDainian Tomlinson out there who can run it for 28 touchdowns or 20 touchdowns or 15 touchdowns a year and nearly 1,500 yards. And all the totals, by the way, the preseason over-under totals for rushing yards are like Mm -hmm. 1,200 or lower. So I don't get it. It still is a bit of a mystery to me. I think teams have unnecessarily sidelined the running game because it's the trendy thing to do. But yet Tennessee hasn't. You know, Cleveland hasn't like I'm just thinking about the teams where they lined it up and they gave it to their guy, you know, mm-hmm. 20 plus times a game. I mean, 20, 17, I mean, 300 plus carries, you know, every bit of it during the course of the year. Um, so I, I guess I agree with you. Like, I, I, I think the position is still significant and impactful, but I understand how their careers and the primes of their careers unfortunately for them sync up with their rookie deal and and then and then you know teams have the ability with the franchise tag to go year to year after that so you can get the fifth year option and then you can get a franchise tag year and then you can draft somebody else and start all over unless they're truly special look i think that um christian mccaffrey the reason he got the deal he got is because in many ways he's a receiver too. Correct. He, but here's so. the funny thing is as much as I thought it would be patently unfair, the Niners got him. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't necessarily that much better with him. Now he was hurt at times, but still uh, as much I as I thought were, he would make, say. well, they were better, but it, they weren't cheat code. Good. Well, didn't they win pretty much the last like eight games of the year when they traded for him? Well, I thought they did. All right, let me go look up their thing. Maybe I'm misremembering well, the season. Thing. Just I mean, I, the one thing, and our guy Cooley told me this the day of the trade. He said 
the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. And I said, why? And he said, because they just made life so much easier for Garoppolo, who was the quarterback at the time, because now um, Kittle and and uh, Ayuk and Samuel, it'll be it, McCaffrey, basically, you game plan for. And defenses will have to basically show what they're doing to stop McCaffrey, which will be a cheat code, as you like to say, for Garoppolo. Yeah. But I think the players, I'm pulling it up right now, they did. They won. They won. When they traded for him, that first game he played was that Kansas City game that they lost. And then they didn't lose again the rest of, of the regular season until they played their seven quarterbacks against the Eagles. Yeah, but he only had he only had one, two, three, four, five. He only had six touchdowns. Yeah, but he was a factor. I that know. team is that six team touchdowns is. rushing, three touchdowns receiving, and he had three hundred yard gains uh, games in that span. I look at I, I love it was McCaffrey his presence though on the field. I know. The, I know. You know. I love McCaffrey. I love McCaffrey. I just I, I thought they they would become completely unfair with him. Real quick before we're done tonight, um, I want to get your thoughts on the summer league, um, Victor Wembayana. <laughs> And do you know? Do you know that not only did the Cavaliers get a trophy, but they gave out rings to the no. champion? Yeah. No. Yes, they did. I <laughs> didn't. We talk about this on on my podcast when you were on the other day. I I, I was talking. I was talking to Van Pelt about this last week. I'm like, when did this happen? Where. This NBA summer league became such a big deal at your network. And he thinks it was Zion Williamson when it really took off because people wanted to see him. And he goes, look, people haven't seen Victor Wembanyama play. They haven't seen, you know, Scoot play. It doesn't matter. I just watched the best NBA postseason in years. There's no way I would follow that up by watching what, 90% of the players will never play in the NBA so, to play in the Summer League? So even you did not watch Summer League? No, I never do. And you're a huge basketball fan. I, I thought you would NBA. have at least... <laughs> I love the NBA playoffs. This is stupid. None of these players are playing against players that are going to be in the league. So what do you do then if you're a guy that won the Summer League and you got a fucking ring? Are you going to put that on eBay? Are you going to brag about it? Are you going to show it off? Are you going to wear it out it with all little, your other you know, ice on a Saturday night? <laughs> you put it into that thing that your kid made using the kiln in art workshop, you know, and it came back and it was like a little bowl. You yes. put it there and you put the top on it. You forget it's even there. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. I'd, I'd, I'd put I, the, I can't I'd, believe I'd put the mo- Yeah. Do you remember who it was? who would sit there in our bullpen at 980 and watch every summer league game on some sort of NBA ticket package and tell us how great it was. You're not going to come up with him because with the name, but I'm going to say Hoffman. No, it was Jay Glassy. Jack Glassy, Jay Glassy. He was one of my favorite. He was such a great Oh my god. A great guy. All and right. he loved the summer league before anybody did. I'll get you, I, just, I would just shake my head. I'll get you a Summer League t-shirt from the NBA store. Thank you. All right, Sheehan, you're the best, buddy. Thanks. All right. See anytime. you later. There you go. Yeah. Kevin Sheehan from the Kevin Sheehan Podcast and the Team 980. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. As always, have a great Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow.
Okay, you action-loving sports maniacs, look, we all like having something-something on the games. Hell, it's what keeps us from going to bed or watching Top Chef. But when you are putting your money out there on these rough gambling streets, the number one thing you need to know is simply this. A, when will I get my money without a hassle? And B, is this online sports book going to be a dirt patch in a cloud of dust next week? Well, with the official sweet action site of the ZabeCast, my bookie is that place. I've been doing business with them for over five years. They've got great odds, don't gouge on the VIG, have all kinds of props and futures, and best of all, in the rare case there's ever a customer service issue, guess who your customer service rep is? That's right. Me, El Baldo. So get in there, open an account, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, so they know that I sent you. And bet with your head no over it, and you'll never look back. You'll never be tempted to try these other big clown books that are spending a trillion dollars on fancy ad campaigns. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.com. You got a bookie? Yes, you do. And you don't have to meet him in a seedy Italian restaurant to settle up.